listen to this. The goal in a conflict is to solve it by hearing and understanding, not to win it by proving you're right. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Conflict can make you bitter or better, depending on how you respond. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Family Matters. If you live around people, you're going to have conflict. Conflict is a part of life, so we all must learn to navigate through it. But the problem is that so often we don't know how to successfully resolve a conflict where the problem is solved and we actually grow from the experience. Well, as with all things pertaining to life and living, the Bible offers the wisdom we need to handle a conflict without the conflict handling us. So I encourage you to listen up and let's look together what the Word of God teaches about successfully handling conflict in the home and anywhere else for that matter. So let's go right to the message, How to Handle Conflict in the Home. Let's read together out of Ephesians 4.29 and verse 31, because we're going to talk today about handling conflict. Now, I know none of you ever have any. Well, I'll tell you, it matters so much if you know how to handle conflict or if you don't know how to handle conflict. It's amazing to me how the Bible speaks to every problem in life. You don't need psychotherapy. You need Bible therapy, right? So... We're going to read some verses that have to do with the church, but the church is a bunch of homes. It's right to the home. So let me just read, and I'm going to have you chime in a couple of times, all right? Look what Paul writes. Watch your talk. I could stop right there and preach. (laughs) Then he goes on. No bad words should be coming from your mouth. Say what is good. Your words should help others grow as Christians or should edify. Put out of your life all these things. Now he's going to list them. Bad feelings about other people, anger, temper, loud talk, bad talk, most talk. (laughs) No, I put that in there (laughs) because that takes care of most of it, right? All right. Which hurts other people and bad feelings, which also hurt other people. Now, I want you to read this last part with me. You must be kind to each other. Think of the other person. Forgive other people just as God forgave you because of Christ's death on the cross. Now, what we just read are keys to establishing the atmosphere of your home. Everybody's home has an atmosphere. It's either tense or peaceful. It's either angry or is unified. It can be a place of blessing. It can be a place of curse. Ing. The home's atmosphere matters because you walk out of that home every day. And whatever atmosphere you walk out of kind of determines how you're going to face that day. Do you go out limping? Or do you go out encouraged? Uh, And when you come home, are you looking forward to getting there or are you dreading getting there? 
That tells you a lot about what you think about the atmosphere. Some of you have incredible homes. Some of you, it's so toxic, even the pets don't like your home. So notice what he says. We're called to watch the words we speak in the home. This is the home. Watch the words we speak. Let them be encouraging, uplifting, and affirming. And we're called to watch the emotions we harbor. Don't be bitter. Don't hold grudges. Don't walk around angry all the time. And then we're to watch the actions we do. Be kind. Be. That's a verb. Be kind. Be forgiving. So notice what sets the atmosphere. Words, emotions, and actions are what decide the atmosphere of your home. If it's uplifting, if it tears down, whatever it is, words, emotions, and actions decide the atmosphere. But now I got to tell you, conflicts are going to happen from time to time in any home. You know why? Because people are there. As we say in ministry, ministry would be easy if it wasn't for the people. Home would be easy if it wasn't for the people there, right? So conflicts are going to happen because people are there. And so you're going to have some conflicts. Jesus gave us a promise. He said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It's impossible. If you're around people, you're going to have offenses. That's why a church is always dealing with various offenses. Some of you are here in this church because you left another church because there was an offense. And now you're offended here and you're thinking about going somewhere else. Don't go because you'll just take your offense with you. Handle it. Deal with it. And stay where God's planted you. But that's another day and another message. Now, I want to give you an encouraging word from the start today, that a conflict can actually be the stairway to another level of blessing in your relationship if it's handled in a mature, godly way. And let me tell you why. Because conflicts reveal things that are hindering your relationship from growing in the first place. So a conflict can actually be a good thing because it is highlighting an issue that once resolved, your relationship's going to be better off. I know that's hard for you to believe or imagine, but it's true. If you can work through it, your relationship's going to go from here to here. Now, counselors agree that most family conflicts begin over one or more of these things. I'm going to name three things that most conflicts begin over in the home. Finances, number one. Overspending, under-earning, unemployment, financial pressure, debt cause is the number one cause of conflict in the home. Money, honey. When somebody tells me they're going to get married, I say, how are your finances doing? Oh, well, we'll make it work. Well, I want to know how your finances are doing. You're making more than, you know, $100 a week. And if they say, well, you know, we're just kind of working through the finances. We're in some debt. and We don't really have a good job. I say, then don't get married yet. The Bible says, prepare your work outside. Make it fit for yourself in the field of labor and then build your house. Do you know what said that? That's a proverb. Now, here's the second one, discipline of children. Conflict over how to do it. So finances and discipline of children. And then the third one and the biggie for me, I believe this is the biggest one, is poor communication skills. The inability to successfully resolve conflict is one of the major reasons of divorce and disharmony and disunity in the home, the inability to successfully resolve conflict. And that's the one I want to deal with today. And you'll be amazed how much the Bible has to say about this. Now, just in case you're under the illusion that Christian homes are more conflict-free than non-Christian homes, let me point out that 
James, in the book of James, dealt with a huge problem with conflicts exclusively amongst Christians. He opens chapter 4 and verse 1 with a question. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? He didn't write that to the world. He wrote that to believers. He wrote that to born-again, spirit-filled Christians. He said, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? And you know, he went on to say that it was this bad, that there were instances of bloodshed and robbery amongst Christians. I love the way the Bible gets down and gets real. Listen to what he says. He's describing it. You lust for what you don't have, and you're willing to kill to get it. You want what isn't yours, and you'll risk violence to get your hands on it. That's robbery. He's describing robbery. Going to violence to get something from somebody else that they have that you want. Killing, robbery, bloodshed. He's writing to Christians. Then he answers his own question as to where all the fighting comes from. Here's his solution or his prognosis on where it all comes from. They come about because you want your own way and you fight for it deep inside yourselves. So most fights begin and end because two people want their own way. One member of the household wants one thing, another is something else, and a fight ensues. Most fights have to do with control. Most fights, most disagreements, most disharmony in the home has to do with, I want this and the other one wants that, and it's a control issue, and fighting is going on until somebody wins and the other one submits. And again, almost always it's over money, Children or poor communication. So again, I'm going to deal with the poor communication. How do you work through a conflict without it opening the door of the devil to gain a foothold in your home? Because if you don't know how to work through a conflict, it will open the door for the enemy to come in and put a wedge between you and the people in your household. And then he's really able to come in and bring distance and alienation and bitter feelings and grudges and all of that. And it's not a pretty picture. See, we need to learn how to resolve conflicts, how to handle conflicts in the home. So the Bible is filled with advice, and I want to pull out what I think is the king verse, one verse, it's easy to remember, that has to do with how to handle conflict in the home or anywhere else, the workplace, anywhere else, how to handle conflict. James says this in chapter 1, verse 19, he says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. So what do you do when a conflict arises? First, you listen. Everybody say listen. Now listen up. The first thing you do in a conflict is you listen. Let every man be swift to hear. Now what we are is we're swift to speak. But he says, first of all, I want you to be swift to hear. I want you to be a listener. There is no better advice in all the Bible in handling conflict than this one verse. In a conflict, maximize listening, minimize speaking, and neutralize your anger. Let every man be swift to listen, slow to talk back, and slow to get mad. Put a lid on it, pull back, dial it back, don't lose your temper. Now, this verse is telling us to do what does not come naturally to us. It doesn't come naturally to me because when I'm in a conflict, I'm going to talk. And I'm going to try to prove that I'm right and you're wrong. Is anybody else like that in here? Come on. 
You looking at me so holy with those halos over your head? The typical response in a conflict is to speak, to make your point, because your point is the point, to state your case, to win the argument by proving you're right. Y'all are looking at me like, Now listen, the Bible says, therefore, fights begin with words. Listen to Proverbs 17, 14. The start of an argument is like a small leak in a dam. Stop it before a big fight breaks out. Now what's the leak? What's the water? What is the water in the metaphor here? The start of an argument is like a small leak in a dam. Well, it's the words of your mouth. What's leaking is the words of our mouth that are like a tiny leak in a dam that grows bigger by the second until an uncontrollable burst of water breaks the dam, unleashing destruction. So watch this. At the start of a conflict, words begin trickling out, right? At first, you're calm. Your blood pressure is 120 over 80. You're okay. We're just talking. We got a disagreement here. But then as the trickle of words continue and it escalates, then comes condemning words, accusing words, angry words, and they grow worse by the minute until the dam of self-control is shattered and a torrent of destructive words pour out. Now your blood pressure is 180 over 100. Now you're seeing red. Now you're not hearing each other anymore at all, and usually the argument escalates into something it didn't start about because it's you this and you that. And we get historical and we go back 20 years and pull out the file cabinet of everything they've done as long as you've known them. And you pull out all this information. And if you notice, when you get historical, you get hysterical. Well, you this and you that. The one with the best memory wins because they can go all the way back 30 years. And so you got the words are coming out like a leak in a dam and all of a sudden the dam bursts. And now you're in something that you sure did not plan on or intend to be in. So here's what the Bible's telling us. The very first thing we must get control of in a conflict is our words. Everybody say words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can kill somebody. You can heal somebody. You can tear somebody down. You can build somebody up. Death and life are in the power of what you say. You have great power in between your two sets of teeth. Now, the Bible says, listen to this. The Bible teaches that the goal in any conflict is not to win with words. Can I say that again? Because some of you are in shock when I say that. The goal of any conflict is not to win with words, but it is to hear what the other person is trying to say. That's your goal in a conflict. Now, like me, listen, I was raised a, a word guy. And my dad used to always tell me, you should be a lawyer or a prosecutor. Well, I can be either one if I'm in a disagreement with somebody. And for the longest time, when I had a conflict with Kathy or anybody in my life, I thought that my number one job was to win with words. But it was not to win with words. See, the Bible says be swift to listen, not speak. You will win the battle and lose the war if you don't walk away from the conflict having heard the heart of the other person. So can we just say again together, listen, listen, be a listener, be quick to listen. The Proverbs say, you're not going to believe they say this, but they do. Proverbs 18, 13, spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. 
Now, I like the NLT version. Answering before listening is both stupid and rude. I didn't say that. The Bible said it. I'm just quoting the Bible. But you see what he's saying? He's saying answering. He's saying it's not fair or sensible to respond to an issue when you haven't listened to what the real problem is. So what we do is we fly off the handle and we go to words. And the words start spewing out, trickling at first, then spewing, then the dam breaks, then you're in a fight. And he's saying if you start addressing somebody when an issue has come up, if you start speaking to them and attacking them or debating with them, if you don't even know what their heart is really trying to say, it is stupid and rude and shameful and foolish. So he's saying, first, be a listener. Listen to this. The goal in a conflict is to solve it by hearing and understanding, not to win it by proving you're right. And that just knocks me down because that's what I like doing, proving that I'm right. Come on, everybody. Y'all look at me so solemn. I know it's 9 o'clock in the morning, but don't be so sad. Some of you are about to get set free in your home. Some of you are about to change. We're going to get a different atmosphere in your household, in your domicile. All right. Now, being a good listener is far better than being a good debater. Because conflict resolution begins with hearing and understanding, not winning a word battle. You want to solve the problem, not win a fight. Can we say that together? I want to solve the problem, not win a fight. Okay? Now, here's why listening first, because the Bible be swift to listen. Here's why listening first is so important. Here's why. Because what somebody says at the start of a conflict, is often not the real reason for the conflict. Now, I'm going to say that again. What somebody says at the start of a conflict is often not the real reason for the conflict. For instance, let me give you an example. A wife snaps at her husband about watching too much ESPN on TV, and a conflict erupts with the husband lashing back about just needing some downtime. I just need some downtime. Would you leave me alone, woman? Well, you watch that TV too much. You just need to go join a sport team. But here's the deal. The real reason she lashed out is there's been little affection between them and she feels rejected. There hasn't been enough affection between them and she feels rejected. She feels like TV's more important than me, work's more important than me, this and that and the other are more important than me. And so her issue is really not that he's watching TV. It is, hey, I'm over here and I feel like I'm not even in the house. You're not paying any attention to me and that's the real issue. So it's like the top of a weed. It doesn't do you any good to cut the top of a weed off. You need to get the root out. If you don't get the root out, the weed just comes back over and over again. And that's why some arguments come back over and over again because the root is not being pulled out. And the reason it's not being pulled out is somebody's not listening. You have to listen a while. Give the other person time to talk. Don't push, don't bully, don't intimidate, but listen to what their heart is trying to say. If you're hovering over them, looking at them with a furrowed brow with steam coming out your ears, do you think they're really going to tell you what they're feeling? They don't even know what they're feeling because you're hanging over them looking bad. I love you, but you say I love you like you want to kill them. So you have to listen a while. You have to just sit back and listen a while, chill. Take a deep breath. Listen. 
Be quick to listen. And trust me, I want to promise you, being a good listener, learning how to do it, it's not easy at all. It is an acquired skill, but it's one that really pays off. And let me show you how it pays off. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 20, verse 5. Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Now watch this. That verse is telling us that a person's true feelings and thoughts are deep down in the depths of their soul. And a good listener will learn how to draw it out. A good listener will be listening for what the heart is trying to say, whether or not they're fumbling with words, because you've got to get down to what the real issue is. It's not the TV. It's you're neglecting me. It's not the TV. It's that you're putting everything else first above me. But the TV is just the easiest thing for me to gripe about. But if that man sits down with her and he says, sweetie, tell me, what's really eating at you? Well, it's that TV. No, 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 it's not the TV. I know we're dealing with more. What is really eating at you? And you're sitting back and you're not in a threatening position and you really are listening and you're waiting for it to come out. And finally she says, well, all right, I'm hurt because you're never talking to me. You're never showing me affection. I just feel like one of the plates in the kitchen. I just kind of feel like one of the flower pots in the living room. I just feel like a centerpiece, but I'm not even in the center as a piece. I'm over here. And so what's really hurting me is I want you. Well, we all have conflict at one time or another in the home, and what a blessing it is to know that God has given us His wisdom in helping us successfully navigate through it and even grow from it. And hey, before we go, let me encourage you to take advantage of our many helpful resources available for you on our Life Talk website. There you're going to discover our large archive of former Life Talk messages, several helpful books I've written and other materials you'll want to add to your Christian library. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. And be sure to join me next time as we cover part two of our message on how to handle conflict in the home. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. The Home's Conflicts is the final message of Pastor Jeff's series, Family Matters. You can own a copy of this three-CD set for just $15 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Family Matters, for only $15 plus shipping by logging on to livetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.